Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First, I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gem. I'd like to pay respect to the Buddha, Buddha, Saranang, Gechami. I'd like to pay respect to the Dharma, Dhamma, Saranang, Gechami. And I'd like to pay respect to the Sangha, Sangha, Saranang, Gechami. So today, we continue on our journey in looking into ourselves. After enlightenment, the Buddha taught for 45 years after his enlightenment. And his teaching is mainly concentrating or focusing on one point. The point is to get people to understand to understand about who they are. The point is to get people to understand about the way they think, about how they, the way they identify themselves, about their mind, about how they look at themselves, the identification of self, which is the cause of all the uh, suffering and misunderstanding because of the misunderstanding of who we truly are. So the teaching for 45 years that the Buddha had done is all concentrating on this particular subject, the main subject, to get people to understand their own existence. So with just that one, another word, if you sum everything up to one, just one main focus, it should be very short and simple. But the Buddha spent 45 years teaching the same thing. Why, why is that? It is because it's very difficult for people to understand their own mind. It is very difficult for people to grasp the true reality of the Dharma or the nature of all things, which we are in, as a human being included in all things. So the Buddha used different approach based on situation, based on personalities, based on circumstances, you know, based on many things. 
depending on who comes to see the Buddha, depending on the encounter that the Buddha, uh, that the people has throughout their lives. So that's why there are so many stories in the Sutra talking about how the Buddha uh, wake people up from their suffering by different approach, by a very, very smart and wise approach because after enlightenment, the Buddha understand the mind. When the, when the Buddha understand the mind, the Buddha can see the different kinds of problems, the different kinds of situations that human face, that we all face on, on our daily lives, whether it's a pursue for wealth or for happiness, for economic uh, well-off, for relationship, for, uh, for anything that we encounter, the Buddha can see the mind, the Buddha can understand the mind, and how the mind works. So that's why the Buddha used different way, used different method to teach depending on the, the background of the person, where the person come from, what kind of uh, culture they have, or the region of the of the land where they live or what they have been practicing you know with the different sect and different uh, Brah brahmins and and religions back then there's they all sort of uh, people all sort of culture all sort of habits all sort of problem. So the Buddha used different kind and that's why with throughout his 45 years there were so many stories which show how the Buddha solved problem for each and different each and everyone who had gone to meet the Buddha. So, enlightenment or self-realization happens to people in a different way, depending on uh, scenario, depending on different kinds of material that they that the practitioner or the people who who are seeking this teaching okay, there's more than one way there's more than one way to reach the mountain top 
it's not just one single path because we all have different personality we all have different backgrounds okay so that's why there are so many different kinds of talks and each talk some kind of talk that is based on different story can resonate with certain people and different kind of talk can resonate with other people it depends on the situation it depends on the circumstance and the experience of the people of the person of the practitioners so in that way that's why we have many talks there are many talks by many teachers by many gurus many masters and certain people like certain kind of teachings so but as long as the teaching as long as the teacher has that good understanding okay and try their best in the way that they know of how to teach or how to relay the message of the Buddha and depends on the the the, the chemistry also of, of the uh, listener of the practitioner whether they can be attentive to certain kind of tone or voice or even sometimes it's just the, it's the chemistry between between uh student and and the teacher because that's 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 human nature so everyone has their own time has everyone has their own way but as long as they keep listening they keep learning they keep practicing and without any rush without any uh, hurry they will get to understand the teaching because after all the teaching has to concentrate on one and one thing only it's about the mind it's about who we truly are it's all about that there's nothing else beside it it's all about the realize the uh, realization of the self okay once the disciple or the the practitioner the learner grasp on and can get on to the concept of this self or non-self then they can start to understand what the teaching is all about but before a person can get to that they have to at least learn to know what are the basic teaching is all about so 
the teach the Buddha's teaching is not about chanting, it's not about reciting, okay. It's not about uh, just repeating the mantra, okay, and hope and hoping that by just calming the mind, trying to calm the mind, and you will get to enlightenment. That's not what the Buddha taught. The Buddha taught us again about the mind. As in my previous episode, I always talk about the mind, the body and the mind. Right? So, the mind is something that we have to understand, we have to get to know if we want to understand what it is all about. And I have already described a lot in my previous episode that I encourage everyone to spend a little time to listen what the body and the mind are all about. Okay, the different kind of mind ingredients okay and the mind faculties that we have okay for many people who have gone through many uh, books have gone through many talks and have gone to, to probably meditation retreat and all that and still somehow find themselves that for whatever reason they still cannot grasp the concept of this self-realization of what the self is all about okay so and that is very very difficult and it's understandable that's why the, the Buddha spent so much time it's difficult why it's because see right now as you listen listen sitting there listening to me talking to you you have this sense of self i listening okay that you have this sense of doing something that you are doing something that you are doing the listening so there's a sense of self i in it okay so and that is the same thing that goes with seeing right now if you look around look around your room, look around where you are right now. You see the wall, you see the chair, you see the table, you see the cup, you see the books, you see everything around you. There is this sense of feeling that you are doing the seeing. Right? That 
there is that sense that you are doing the seeing. You see, that's what that self is that we identify ourselves with is all about. There is this sense of seeing that you are doing the seeing. And you are doing the listening right now. There's a sense of I in it. You are sitting. There's a sense that I am sitting. There's an I in there. Right? See, that's why it is, it is very, very hard to grasp this concept about this word self. Okay? And because of that, it's really hard for us to understand that what is this I? Because after all, that's how we identify ourselves. Right? I am driving. I am working. I am eating. I am laughing, I am crying, I am this, I am that, right? There's always I in the middle of everything. But the Buddha thought said, there's seeing. Okay, seeing is there. But the Buddha said, there is no seer. You see, that's a different. There isn't a seer. There isn't a, a seer doing the seeing. There is only seeing. There is no listener doing the listening. But there is listening. That is a different. Okay? There is listening. There is feeling, you feel the temperature, the hot and cold, you know, and all that. There is tasting, you can t- taste. Okay, again, I have to refer to, I have to use the word you and I in order to communicate. Okay, so there's tasting, but there is no I taste doing the tasting. There is smelling. But there is no smeller. There's no I doing the smeller. There is smelling. That's what the Buddha taught. Right? But that is something that is very difficult for most people to understand. People always say, I am doing the, 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 the hearing. I am he- listening. I am seeing. I am this, I am that. There is an I. But the Buddha said, there is no I. Okay. So that's one of the things that the practitioner need. Now, now that you have this concept, then you have to analyze this concept for yourself. Okay. Because everything is a concept until it's proven truth by you not anyone else 
even not by the Buddha. The Buddha gave you the concept, okay, which is the truth, but for you, it's still a concept. Until you find out for yourself that that concept is the truth, right? So, first, you, uh, you know what the Buddha taught. The Buddha taught about self-realization, about understanding who we truly are, which also is about non-self, right? And you know this teaching, but how are you going to truly understand or grasp this? That's what needs practice, okay? And that's what, that is one of the things that is described in the Satipatthana Sutra is about learning about being mindful about your own mind, understanding your own mind, right? The mind that we call that our mind, what is this mind that we identify ourselves with? What is this mind? Okay, and again, the mind that we have, the mind that you have right now, is active, it's working during your waking time. Right? All of this feeling, all this emotion that you have, is happening while you awake. That's your mind which you identify yourself with. That's the mind. Now, where does the mind go when you go to sleep? Right? So, the mind which we identify as ourself, which we always say, I am this, I am thinking, I am seeing all that, all of that, which comprised as our mind, okay, all of that, the seeing, the hearing, all that, which we call as our mind, we think that's who we are, right? So where does the mind go when we go to sleep? The mind is gone, right? You go to sleep, 10 o'clock, gone. You wake up, maybe 2 o'clock, go to the bathroom. But the time between that, where is, where are you? You will not to be found anywhere, right? Because the mind is not working. The mind is at rest. What does that mean? When, when, what does it mean that the mind is at rest? It means that all of your five senses are at rest. They're not functioning. The eye just stop function. The ears stop function. The taste buds stop function. Okay. The smelling stop function. The feeling of, you know, hot, hot cold. It, it just go down to a very low, low level that you don't know about the body feeling, 
So when those five senses go to rest, the mind is gone. You see? So our mind comes from the five senses. Right? So when you wake up, the mind comes back because all of the five senses come back to work. So let's say you have some kind of uh, unhappiness, some kind of fight, some kind of argument, some kind of whatever happened. Okay? During the day, and you are upset and all that. But by the end of the day, you are tired. You are tired, you go to sleep. So when you go to sleep, all the problem is gone. Right? When you go to sleep, the problem is gone. Why? Because all of our senses take a rest and the mind is gone. See, there's no problem. Problem comes back when the five senses comes back. Okay? When the five senses comes, come back, when the mind becomes active, and there we go again. Okay? We start receiving all this information through the five senses and we react to it and becomes, uh, it becomes who we think we are. But in actuality, they are just the interaction of between the five senses and everything around us. And that's what we call mind. Okay? And what did the Buddha say? That this is the condition that we have. Okay? When, just picture this. When we, when we were a baby, when we were just born, our brain is empty, it's blank, just like a white, piece of paper, white sheet of paper. There's nothing written on it. Clean. But as soon as we come into the world, the world starts throwing writing onto that blank sheet of paper. A blank sheet of white cloth. Okay? And those are the data. Those are the information that is written onto our mind. Okay? Those are the conditions that form our unique personalities. Those are the data which become the program that shape us into who we are. So depending on where we grow up, depending on the environment that we are born into, all of those factors that the, the brand new baby receive 
shape the baby into who we turn out to be. So in other words, we have no choice when we grow up. We just start receiving the program from the surrounding. If the program that the baby receives is of a good program, then the, the baby form is forming into that kind of personality. But if the baby is born or grow up in a harsh environment, in an unfriendly environment, the baby's personality also form and grow into in in according accordingly according to what nature or what the environment is putting into the baby so when we grow up so we have different personality because of all of these things that goes into a blank mind through the five senses. That's what shapes us. And that is the program that is running in our head on a daily basis. Right? So all the things that we know, all the things that we say, that we do, is based on the program that we accumulate since childbirth and as we continue as and as we progress in life we accumulate more whatever knowledge or information or data that we receive that will form us that will shape us into whatever personality that we will continue to develop into this is why one of the thing is the, about the law of association is very important. When we associate with good people, with smart people, we tend to learn something from them. When we associate ourselves with gambler, we tend to go down that way. Or we associate ourselves with sport activity then we tend to go into sporting event and all that see our mind develop just like that according to the environment according to the input that we receive so that's why it's one of the things that is very important is to watch to be very careful with who we associate with because they have influence on us on we have to be careful on what we watch on, let's say, TV or movie and stuff, or even game, electronic game. They all have influence on our mind, consciously or subconsciously, it doesn't matter. Those are the input that keep getting into our mind, and that's how our personalities develop. Okay, so the mind is 
is very very fast as we all know and that's why the Buddha said understand your mind how your mind interact with the world okay and what you do is you observe your own mind be attached from your own mind how does how do you get attached or detached from your own mind that needs practice that needs practice because up until now we've been in the habit of going along with whatever we feel right what we feel is who we are isn't it what we feel is who we are when we feel angry we feel happy we feel sad we are afraid of whatever that's who we are until now that's what we think that's who we are we are afraid and we and all that right all all of those different feelings all those different kinds of emotion that's who we think we are okay so that's it, it's it's so close to us because that's why it's difficult to see our own mind it's really difficult to see our own mind that's the reason why but if you can learn to observe this mind that hey there is seeing okay let's say for example there's there, the question that we often heard that I try but I just for whatever reason I just cannot help it I try to be calm I try to be controlled okay I try not to get angry but I just cannot help it right because it it just come up so fast it just keep happening how how do you do this because it doesn't matter how much I try okay so that's 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 the thing it's not about trying it's not about con- trying to control your emotion or trying to control your mind you cannot see that's one thing that you have to understand the mind is the software that run the body you cannot control it okay when you open your eyes you cannot control your eyes from not seeing you follow when you open your eyes you cannot tell your eyes not to see right sound well the sound is the ear there's no open or close but you see you cannot control your ear not to hear unless you're deaf okay if you're not deaf you cannot control your ear from not hearing you cannot control your nose from not smelling you cannot control your body from not feeling the different temperature and, and the soft the hard the, the rough 
the rugged surface or whatnot. You cannot control that, right? The taste, you cannot control. When, when you put something in your mouth, you cannot control, oh, don't taste the salt. It's not possible. When you put it there, the taste, the taste bud does its job to, to, to let the body know, to let you know that it is salty. Okay? It, that is its job. That is its function. The same goes with the eye. When the eye opens, its function is to see. Okay? Its function is to see. And when you see, or when, and when you hear, the mind, which is the sixth sense, interpret it. Okay? So, you have to understand, you have to follow this, that when you see things, when you hear things, your sixth sense, which is the mind itself, the 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 the, the boss, right, interpret things according to what the eye see, according to what the the ear hear. Right? So there's no way you can control that. No way. You cannot control your mind. Okay? So Make sure you understand that part, that there's no way you can control your mind. Don't try. Don't. You can try. You know, go ahead and try. There is no way you can control it. I know there are a lot of, uh, I see and I heard a lot of talk and a lot of, uh, a lot of people saying, learn to control your mind. Okay. No, you don't control your mind. There's no way you can control it. Say, for example, I'll give you an example. You sit there and watching something, right? And then let's say you watch a, you watch some kind of a comedy, right? And and the comedian says something. It's funny. And you just burst out laughing, right? You just burst out laughing. No. Now, how do you how are you gonna control that? You can't. Because that is our nature. You see? Our nature because and sometimes you just walk around, you hear something, you get scared. Or you hear something and again you hear some you hear something funny, somebody say funny, you just burst out laughing. That is natural. You see that? Or if you see something beautiful, you like it. Or you don't like it. See, you see, that's the mind. The mind, that's how the mind interpret things. The mind see, the mind see, and, and the, 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 the five senses interact, and the mind interpret, and gives, it gives us this feeling. This reactive emotion. You see? So there's no way that you can control that. So what did the Buddha say? No. You don't control that feeling. Okay? Because that is the function of nature. 
that is the function of nature. The five senses, that is, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Do not control it. What you need to know, however, okay, is to understand it. To understand why it's doing that. You see, to understand the reason behind it. That's different. You're not controlling the mind, but you understand it instead. You understand, oh, why did my why did the mind laugh? My mind laughed because this person do certain things like this, like this, and then the mind laughed. Why did the mind cry? Oh, because the mind wants certain things and it did not happen according to what the mind wants. That's why the mind cried. Now you, this is how you develop an understanding of your own mind. Okay? It's not about controlling the mind, but it's about understanding the mind. Alright? Because the mind is one big part of who we are. Besides the body, it's the mind, right? That runs the body. So that is one big part that we have to understand the mind. Okay? We have to understand that, oh, this is how the mind works. The minds interact and it's based on reason. It's based on the information that the mind has stored from previous experiences and interpret things. That's how the mind, that's how the emotion of my mind come up. Let's say you don't like somebody. Okay, so you have that embedded in your memory. And then you forget about it. One day, somebody mentioned his name, that memory comes, the mind, the hateful mind comes. And you know right away, oh, it comes from the memory, that hateful feeling. It has nothing to do with, with the present moment. That feeling comes from the memory. Last week, last month, last year. Right. When you learn to understand the mind like that, then you can follow the mind and see what is it, why is it, why is, why the mind does certain things like that. Oh, now you can trace it back. Why did my mind do things like that? Why is my mind not happy? Oh, it's because the mind wants this, the mind wants that. Everything goes back to three things that the Buddha taught. The Buddha taught three things. Ignorance, greed, and anger. Those are the three sources of our mind. Okay? That make us make the mind. Ignorance is what? 
ignorance of our own mind. We don't know what the mind is. That's what ignorance is all about. Ignorance is not about being stupid or anything like that. Ignorance that the Buddha taught is about we are ignorant of our own mind functionalities. How, how our own mind works. We don't know how our own mind works. That's why we are ignorant of it. Okay? And because we are ignorant of it, we have greed, we have anger as the other source of unwholesome things that make the mind go mad. Right? So, whatever feeling or emotion that we have, we can always trace it back to those three things. That, oh, this is because of craving, which comes from greed. That's why I'm not happy, because I want something. See? If I didn't want that, I wouldn't be uh, mad or upset, but I wanted something. I expected something. That is out of my own greed. You see? That's how we follow our mind. Okay? So, the mind is something that we have to Keep, always keep practicing and watching it, right? The mind, that's why when, when, we un- when we get to understand how the mind works, we can then learn how to let go of our emotion, of our feeling a little bit at a time. One day you're gonna start to realize. Let's say you were feeling upset about something because you didn't get something that you wanted. But then when you sit back, you realize that, oh, I was upset because, see, I have greed in, in, inside. Right? Oh, that's why I was not happy because I wanted something. And that was greed. Then there's a smile in your face there. Now you start to understand your own mind. Oh, that upset feeling that I had was from the greed that I had. So I actually create my own suffering. Right? I actually created my own suffering, not the other person that did not fulfill my desire is my desire that I created and when it did not get fulfilled I get upset so this greed is within me you see now you can start to sit back and smile a little bit oh I get it so that's that's what it is it's it's just it's it's coming from me it's not coming from the other person now anger also the same thing. Somebody say something to you or let's say somebody cuss at you or 
or criticize you or whatever and a lot of people they got offended right why we why, why we get offended because we don't want to hear the criticism right well again the buddha said you cannot stop the ear from hearing sounds you cannot control that you see sound is hearing is hearing but what is it that make us upset it's because we don't want to hear the don't want is also coming from greed you see we desire not to hear criticism and because of that our desire lead to our own upsetness we are not happy again it's us we creating our own upset it's not the sound the buddha said let the hearing be just hearing right another word don't take it personal you cannot stop the ear from hearing but what you can do is you can follow your own thing you said oh if i don't is have the desire not to hear then i'm okay right you see that that's 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 the that's the part that we have to understand see and after you learn about this little thing it's you keep practicing on this same concept okay you keep practicing on the same concept over and over and over you have to get into this habit of practicing this way of following it and tracing it your, your own your own uh, mind activities that's how you have a release from the different from from the clinging from the attachment to the feeling that we have that you have see before when you don't you when you don't know how to follow this tricky mind you just go with the flow the the whatever you feel you just go with the flow right angry mad or sad or whatever you just go with the flow you have no clue but now you know oh okay let's let's follow this let's understand this feeling let's see the reason let's see the source when you see the source and then you say okay just let it go right when you learn when you done when you can let it go little by little that's how you become more released that's how you become more uh, relaxed okay you're not so much attached to your own feeling anymore right you just let it go because you know oh that's how the mind works this is how the five senses work they interpret things and if we don't know this thing we keep reacting to it like i said in my react in my previous episode reactive mind we don't know we have to follow this mind then you can be liberated from your own mind see you're not controlling it but you understanding it 
it's different. Okay? The same thing. So that's why, like during meditation, when people go to meditate, if you try to calm your mind, it's not going to work. Okay? It doesn't matter how hard you try. It's not going to work. You cannot control your mind. But if you understand it, and let the mind be the mind, and be happy with it, and let just med- and then you will have a really nice and relaxed meditation. Because you're not controlling it. You don't want anything from the mind. You just be happy with the mind. You see the difference? You're not controlling the mind. You cannot control the mind. That's the important things. Okay? That for an enlightened being who truly, truly grasped this concept, they live free from this clinging to their own mind. Okay? The enlightened people, they are free from this attachment. They understand the mind and they let the mind happen. They're not fighting the mind, but they're not attached to it. They live freely. That is the beauty of it, which is totally different from our ordinary mind. We are clinging to it. We are attaching to it. Okay? And we're holding on to it, which is what we call the self-I. And that I, when we hang on, hang, hang on to it, you hold on to it, it becomes a heavy burden on our shoulder because we're holding on to it. It's an I. I'm this. I, you know, you, why, why you say this to me? And, you know, I don't deserve this. And you see the difference? It's, it's a total different, totally opposite between enlightened and unenlightened mind. So that's what I like to share today, and I hope you get something out of it. And if you uh, like it, please share it. You know, sharing the Dharma is the best gift of all. And if you like, you can drop me a voice message or any question, and I'm more than happy to respond. Until then. I like to take refuge in the Buddha, the Triple Gem, the Dharma, the Sangha, and the ultimate refuge that we all need to take is in ourselves. With the Buddha, with the Dharma as our pointer, we take refuge in ourselves. Namaste.